0: welcome to she awakened the podcast with your host stormy i'm so grateful that you are here i'm a spiritual mentor deeply devoted to truly living this life to the fullest and helping other women do the same if you're a perfectionist an overachiever a burnt out entrepreneur or just a modern day black sheep sick of the nine-to-five grind and the same old bullshit this podcast is for you Tune in weekly for episodes that will awaken your divine feminine, expand your mind, open your heart, simplify doing the inner work, and empower you to create the soul-led life you're truly here for. It's time to rise into your power, your purpose, and your authenticity. So let's jump in, baby. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back. To another episode of She Awakened with Stormy and a fucking juicy, juicy conversation with a guest today. So I've spoken a few times on here about Meg, Meg O'Neill. She was O'Sullivan. Now she's O'Neill. She got married whilst we were working together. So Meg is a coach who I decided to invest in last year, and am deeply, deeply grateful that I did. And I've obviously gotten to know her and her work and her message and just felt and, you know, seen and witnessed the changes and shifts and activations from her message and from her work. So only naturally, of course, I was like, you need to come on my podcast and we're going to have a really authentic conversation about the divine feminine, about sex, about business and all the things. So you are in for a treat with this episode and it is pretty unfiltered I myself shared some things that I've never shared publicly before about my own sex life so I'm I'm so down for that level of new level of just like openness (laughs) and I hope that it encourages you I hope this whole conversation encourages you to reclaim and own those parts of yourself that you might have learned to shame and hide away and judge Because this is, this corner of the internet, this space is one for you to bring them back out, uncage them, and realize that it's safe for them to be expressed. So I have no doubt that you are going to love Meg and love this conversation. Take what resonates, leave what doesn't, and enjoy the episode. Before we get in, I just want to remind you about She Awakened. The retreat in Bali, the 10-day retreat that I am holding, like I did a thing, if you didn't already know, I did a thing. First of all, I moved to Bali and received and experienced so much activation, so, so, so many activating moments and so much healing from being in Bali. And only naturally I, yeah, did a thing and hired a really fucking beautiful retreat center for 10 days where I'm going to hang out with six incredible women coming to heal and manifest and, you know, do embodiment practices and play and have fun and adventure the island. And it's going to be an absolute fucking dream. So if you are like, um, excuse me, sign me up or excuse me let me find some more information about this it's in August and I would 100% love to invite you to come and check that out and if it, if it aligns to come and join me in Bali I'm going to be spending those 10 days in chakra alchemy in devotion to chakras and you know all of the yummy goodness that comes along with that which you can read all about so I'll pop the link for that in the show notes and if you have any questions please do not hesitate to dm me I also have some spots available right now for one-on-one coaching. So if you love me, love my work, love the podcasts, and are feeling the call to hire a mentor, hire a coach to bring your desires and your dharma, your purpose into fruition more and more at this point in your life, and you love to do that with me, then you can also head to the link in the show notes to apply to work with me. Or if you're more casual, just send me a message on Instagram and we can have a chat. So. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello, my love. Welcome to wake and the Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. This is like, I've been doing this for weeks and I'm like, sit down, talk to
1: me. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm very excited for this conversation. Yay. Thank you for having me,
0: Stormy. For those of you who don't know, Meg is an incredible mentor that I had the pleasure of working with last year. I've mentioned you on several episodes, by the way, Meg, like... I've been chatting that. about like sudden transformations and things that have happened. And I'm like, and then Meg, Meg was there for this, and Meg like Aww. helped me with this. I'm like, so Meg is the one. Meg is the woman, and because of that, obviously, I had to have you on here, to sit down on my podcast, and mm. talk about being a full spectrum woman and owning. Mm. And taking up space, like I really, one thing that I really admire about you is your ability to be like, this is me, I do not give a fuck what you think about it, I'm just going to express myself, follow what's right and real for me, and there's no explanation in that, like just to reflect that back to you as well, it's like, you don't Mm. justify shit, you're like, this is just fucking Mm. me, like put on sunglasses if it hurts, but I ain't gonna dim it, (laughs) and I love it, (laughs) I really, really, really love it. And you've helped me unlock so much within myself, in business, Mm. in my femininity, in my self-expression as well. So, what a fucking welcome. (laughs) I just (laughs) like that. Not everyone
1: gets that. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So tell us a little bit about Meg. Some listeners probably already know you, but some probably don't. Mm. What's a little rundown on who you are?
1: Oh, I always, I do, I do a few podcast interviews and I always love this question, but it's also like, oh my gosh, how much do I say? Where do I, where do I go back to? <laughs> the floor
0: is yours, honestly, whatever the fuck you want.
1: Cause I also love, I love whenever I'm drawn to someone or I love, yeah, understanding their like origin story of, of how they got to the place because I really feel like this in, And I think this is such an important reminder in when we're in the kind of coaching space is that it's so easy to look at someone maybe that is really expressed or is really confident in business or is thriving in whatever realms of life. And to actually realize that hasn't always been the case for majority of the time that they've had a come up and they've, they've got a, they've got an origin story. So I think that, yeah, I do always love this question for that reason. Um, Yeah, so if we're talking about being a full-spectrum woman, like, that definitely was not always my experience and how I expressed myself in the world. I was, yeah, I was a real high achiever growing up in in high school, in my uni years, and I was also, like, and a lot of my work is around sexuality and relationships – I was also the kind of kid that would get embarrassed like so easily and go red right in the face so easily. And like anytime anyone was talking about sex or anything around, you know, and I, and I wasn't that sexually explorative until my later teens. So I just always felt like, Oh my God, I'm out of my depth and I'm so embarrassed and I don't know what they're talking about. And it was such a shame. I held around my expression and yeah, that, that part of me, um, and I very much knew my lane. You know, I was like the smart one, the one that was good at sport, the the fun one, the like goofy one. And I just kind of stayed in that lane. And even if you would have told me like when I started kind of drinking and going to clubs and maybe exploring more of my like sexuality, but I, I never would have considered myself sexy. I never thought that was like a part of Me, I was like, no, I'm the goofy one. I'm the smart one. Like that's for other women. I'm not sexually expressed. I'm not, I'm not that. And I think that is why I love teaching what I teach now is that I have so much a part of my story has been really exploring and owning so many of the parts of myself that I disassociated from or I disowned and the world really taught me to disconnect from like my sexuality, like my anger, like my full expression, like my emotional sensitivity. Like as a kid, I used to always just be so embarrassed about how sensitive I was. And I thought that was something to be so ashamed of. And I used to kind of, I remember even as a kid, like crying during movies and being like, Oh my God, I hope no one looks at me and like, Oh my God, I need to like, Oh my gosh, I've got to pretend that I'm not emotional about Mm. this. And I truly love that about myself now. Like I truly love how sensitive and what a huge feeler I am. And yeah i I feel like there's so many other parts of my story too that have gotten me here. But I feel like I feel like that's what wanted to come through in that question. That yeah, this this like there's so much a part of the last decade of my life has been this reclamation of these parts of myself that the world taught me were wrong and that I had disowned. And it has been by reclaiming those parts of myself that I've actually been able to create, you know, the relationship. That I have, which I never even thought fucking possible. It's like beyond what I ever thought a relationship was. To have the kind of sex that I have now, to have the kind of business I have now, I feel like it's all been because of the journey I've taken in reclaiming these parts of me. Mm
0: -hmm. And you see it like the life that you live today is the it's the embodiment of that.
1: Like it's Mm. you you you
0: radiate that in a way that isn't just it's not just for show like. And I think that's so important as well, like with coaches and mentors and people that you see online, to take what they're showing you and see what's like underneath it. And so much of mm. that is like unspoken, and I think that's so powerful. I love what you said mm. about the like crying in movies. Like, I was, I was the exact same. It's something that's so weird to think about. It's like, why is that? Why is that such a thing? But like, fuck, that was a real thing. That was like a, don't you dare, like, like you know. <laughs> Totally. So weird, so weird. Yeah. Um, one thing within that that I want to really focus on is the reclamation piece. Like mm. I think that's really powerful, and that's been a massive part of my own journey as well. Like it's letting go of right and dissolving and shedding what isn't true for you, the parts of yourself mm. that you cage. And you always say that is like it's like this uncaging, mm-hmm. and so much of the conditioning and the trauma and the experiences that we don't properly process are what cage ourselves up. Was there out of interest anything in particular that was a catalyst for you reclaiming those parts of yourself that you shamed or didn't like, or was it more Mm. of a slow unraveling?
1: Yeah. I feel like there's like different stages of my journey. Like I definitely, mm. when I was 21, I found, and I know that's your how old are you know no, like, 22 21 still so 21. 21 yeah <laughs> it so this young. was that was the age I was when really my life took a different trajectory. Like I was, I was a big drinker. I used to get blackout drunk most weekends. Like just thought there wasn't any other option. Like I still did was so, such a nerd and so devoted to my uni studies and just like such an overachiever. But then I, I would just party on the weekends and get super drunk. And I remember when I was 21, I found this online blog and it was this woman who was speaking a lot about like self-love and health. And I remember being like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't even know this shit existed. I just literally yeah. thought the only option as being a 21-year-old was to like, go to uni or whatever, and then party. And, you know, mm-hmm. and so that was a big catalyst for me. It was like literally clicked my fingers and the whole, the whole kind of where my life was going shifted. I got so sucked into that blog. i cha- I became plant-based within it like overnight. I, mm-hmm. you know, started reading all the books, doing all the things, went sober for like two and a half years. Um, so this was definitely, this was like the start of my journey, but I think a lot of I called out my like love and light years where I was still almost like I'm spiritual. So like, I don't get angry. And there's like lower vibrational moment, the emotions and I don't feel them and I'm beyond that now. And I'm just like this, like, holy, you know, above everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so actually, and I see this in a lot of women that kind of find themselves in the conscious spiritual space that they actually then even cage up parts of themselves Mm -hmm. even more so caging up their anger, caging up certain parts of their themselves, certain emotions, thinking that there's like this emotional hierarchy. Um, so almost the next kind of stage, and I think this was the biggest catalyst in me unleashing my sexuality and unleashing probably these darker feminine qualities and this darker feminine energy within me was uh, my experience with plant medicine. And and i've been i've been sitting with different plants for the last kind of seven or eight years now and it wasn't until maybe like three years into that path where i feel like i'd done a lot of healing already with the medicine that it was almost like the medicine was finally like okay
0: you're, you're ready we're right re- <laughs> yeah you're
1: ready you're ready to feel like the shakti moving through you're ready to like really now your body's clear enough to really unleash that that sexual energy and yeah, there was just one very memorable experience whilst on a particular plant medicine where it literally for the first time. And again, knowing that I never, I was the type of woman that danced like this, like up and down. And it was like, like, I never, I never knew how to move my hips. I never would say that I was like sexy in that way. And yeah, I was on, I was sitting with this particular plant medicine. It was like, literally this like, kundalini the energy was moving through my whole kind of pelvis and up my body. And it was like, it was teaching me to move. It was teaching me how to feel that, that, that feminine energy. And mm. that was a real catalyst moment in terms of then, you know, walking the path of self-pleasure and diving deeper into, you know, polarity and different. Yeah. Those, those darker feminine kind of energies as well.
0: Yeah. Powerful, fucking powerful. And <laughs> one thing within that too that like I, I think is so important is that 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 perfectionist piece around it's so easy and I see this a lot and this pisses me off in, in this space too of like how can I be perfect mm. at being a spiritual woman, at being mm. in my divine feminine, at, at manifesting in particular. It like so, so much of that can turn into this narrative of I need to be a perfect version of myself in order to manifest and get what yes. I want. I need to be in that vibration that perfect high vibration all the time and you're such a leader in that in that way of being like your anger is sacred <laughs> like mm-hmm. your jealousy is sacred like your sadness is sacred and the emotional alchemy of that
1: mm-hmm.
0: i personally because like i can't agree more like i learned that anger is a bad thing like i mm-hmm. learned to shut off and cage my anger from such a young age because I saw the repercussions of that and it wasn't okay and it wasn't healthy. And it's been extremely liberating myself just being able to, like, welcome that out instead of Mm -hmm. being like, no, 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 it's not allowed, it's not okay, it's not safe. What would you say to the woman listening who's like, yeah, I don't feel all my feelings. Like, I push away those, like, shitty, bad, negative ones What would you say
1: to her about finding the courage to do that? Oh, I really fucking love this question so much. And there Mm -hmm. there is so much I would say to this woman, (laughs) so much I would say to her. Uh, First, I would say that every single one of your emotions is holy like there is there is no let go of this idea that there is some kind of hierarchy of emotions and that your joy or even your pleasure is better than your your pain or your fear or your grief and that you know this is like the essence of the tantric path or at least the br- branch of tantra that i've learned it's that everything is a portal to god like everything is a doorway to the divine and that includes our anger and our rage and our grief and our jealousy and whatever emotion is alive in our body, it is there in service to us. And I also truly believe that our ability to feel one thing is our ability to feel all things. So if Mm. we're pushing down our anger and being like, I'm not an angry woman, this is what I used to do like all my life. But then especially when I Mm. kind of started walking the spiritual path, it was like, I'm beyond anger now. Like that's just for people that aren't spiritual. And that's (laughs) just for people that aren't conscious. Like But yeah, when, when you're, when you're pushing down your anger, you know, you're also pushing down your pleasure when you dilute your anger, when you dilute anything that wants to move through your body, you're diluting your ability to 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 feel, to be alive. And I think this is really, this is like such the depth and core of my work, especially inside my program, Full Spectrum Woman. It's like, yes, we want to feel pleasure and joy and ecstasy and all those beautiful things, but the feminine, her deepest craving is to feel fucking alive, mm-hmm. right? Because she can find aliveness in the deepest pit of grief. She can find aliveness when there's rage moving through her body. Like that's what she gets off on. Not just like, oh, everything's working out mm-hmm. and it's perfect and I'm so happy. She wants to feel like motherfucking alive in the full spectrum of, of her emotions and the full spectrum of life experiences. Mm-hmm. So I would say to this woman, like, you saying yes to meeting whatever is alive in you is actually the doorway to everything you fucking desire. The kind of sex you want, the relationship you want, the business you desire, the friendships you desire, the aliveness and radiance in your body. Like, you truly becoming masterful but not even really masterful you just becoming a yes to really meeting what is alive in your body is is the motherfucking doorway
0: yeah you, if, not, if you know if you know many of it you know you know all of it like uh-huh and we're uh-huh. here to be alive like we're here to be courageous and feel all of the things that might be challenging and scary but it's just like when I think there's like a barrier when you break through it of being like yeah that sucked but like It actually feels fucking good to be on the other side of that, to experience that, to, like, know, holy fuck, I can get myself through those moments, those days, those times, and no one else did it for me. Mm -hmm. Like, that kind Mm -hmm. of self-satisfaction and pride only comes from being brave enough to meet the anger, the sadness, the pain, the hurt, and alchemizing it. Like, it's satisfying as fuck. I'd rather that than not do it what up oh, yeah i wait i forget this sometimes but i like to ask this question i normally ask it at the start of the episode of every guest but we got a little carried away so i'm gonna ask it now before i forget um at 222 as we're recording this love that that's Perfect. my engine number with my partner <laughs> that's my engine number for love and relationships <laughs> so love um what's one thing that you specifically are currently
1: in devotion to right now yes. one main thing you're loving I love this because I literally, before jumping on here with you, I was messaging with my mentor and I literally said, I am so devoted to you, And I shared with her <laughs> what I'm really devoted to right now. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's like discipline and organization, which might not sound very sexy, but I've realized over the last kind of six months, yeah, I've kind of let that slip in my life and I've been very in flow. And I have the I have the privilege of doing that. Like I, I don't, I'm not a mother yet. I have my own business. My days are really spacious. I don't really mm-hmm. overfill my days. So I can just wake up when I want. I can do what I want. I don't have to my yeah, I don't have to be so efficient. And yeah, my devotion right now is to efficiency and to yeah. really like getting work done at particular time, like really mapping out my days more and mm-hmm. Feeling the freedom of that, like yeah. really feeling the freedom of that. So
0: yeah, creating that yeah. masculine
1: support. Could, totally. And I know mm-hmm. you would have heard me speak about this in, in the mm-hmm. mastermind, but the energy I've been feeling lately is that little like swampy, like when there's no yeah. kind of direction or no riverbed. that like masculine <laughs> container. Yeah, the riverbed. So yeah, I'm just like really, even today, like planned out my entire day, almost like hour to hour where I haven't done that in a very fucking long time. But I was like, oh, let's like play with this, this really strong level of structure and see how I go with like such a strong container on my day and see if Mm -hmm. I can still feel free in that and still feel Mm -hmm. alive in that. And it's been very fucking good. That's good. I love to hear that. (laughs) I think that balance
0: is like such an interesting thing to speak on because Mm -hmm. I think it's like finding where that sweet spot is. Is really powerful, but can it can be hard? Like I've struggled with that balance of like, how do I honor my feminine, and flow and be spacious and be free, and still get shit done and still have a business, Mm. for example, or you know whatever it is you're trying to achieve what's your like because obviously you're in it like you're working on it what would your thoughts be on finding the balance where you're not because I hope the point isn't that you want to like stress yourself out and be like well now mm. I have a fuck ton of things to do and not enough time for myself but then you don't want to go into avoidancy and be like I'm just feminine like what what is your thinking on actually finding a good balance
1: yeah my first thoughts in that is that it's always changing and I think yeah. it changes with the season of life we're in probably the season of our own cycles. I think sometimes we almost there's medicine in going to one end of the spectrum and then there's medicine in kind of like finding our way back to the other um yeah so I think I think we all have a unique, balance kind of rhythm. blueprint of those. Mm. Yeah. Of those masculine and f- like feminine energies. Mm. And that can always be changing. Um, I liked, I like to see like our aliveness as almost like a compass for that. So in the last few weeks, I was mm. feeling like a bit like Ugh, in, you know, waking up later and like, and I'm like, yeah. okay, I can feel that there's like mm. something that needs to shift here so that I have more structure so that that aliveness is welcomed back. Um, yeah. but sometimes it's- when we're gripping too much to the structure,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that aliveness goes because we're not actually we're, we're so gripping and so so attached to the structure or the container that we're not actually letting the aliveness be there from yeah. from our feminine or just like that, yeah, that internal flow.
0: But yeah. ultimately it's like your inner voice will tell you is, is totally from that in my experience. It's like it's a dance. But yeah, your intuition will be like yes, no, and I'm like that, and that's and that is essentially being a feminine being as well. It's like mm. it it changes, like it fluctuates. It's literally mm-hmm. ever evolving, and sometimes that's like confusing to your mind. But it's like, but it's just what I am. Like it's just who I'm here to be. We're literally not designed to go and do the same fucking thing every single day from nine to five no. or whatever uh-huh. time. It kills
1: the soul. And I, yes. And I just, another piece there too is I think what's been really helpful to me on my journey of really like playing with my inner marriage of like my masculine and feminine has been to let go of this idea that it's that, that those two energies show up only externally. Like, so it's like, ah, so I have to have this amount of structure and then this amount of space because the feminine loves space. And for me, I love playing with more of the subtlety of those energies. So it's like, oh, masculine is, is presence and consciousness. So actually, and I've been finding that in the last few weeks when I've been in my kind of swampy feminine is I haven't been like f- super present and s- giving like the depth of my quality of consciousness and attention to the things that I've been doing. I've been a little mm. scattered. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, okay. So sometimes it's not necessarily like, how can I bring more external structure? And it's just like, oh, can I, can I bring the the depth of quality or the the deep texture of my presence and consciousness to this moment? Yeah, how tech, and like, then what do the, you bring your focus to? Totally. Mm-hmm. And then the feminine being more of that um, yeah, like aliveness and shakti and and movement kind of energy and like creation. Mm-hmm. So that is just like the honoring of emotion and honoring what is what is there and alive in the body. So mm-hmm. yeah, like the balance of that like internally and on that subtle level too. How long have you been in business out of interest? I
0: think I know this, but I think I've forgotten.
1: I would say it's so hard to tell because I've been, and I think most business owners would be like Mm -hmm. this, but it has, I've done so many different things. So I would say eight, almost nine years (laughs) because I was a yoga teacher and I had a blog and I was doing like (laughs) a little bit of coaching back when I was like 21, 22, but not making any money. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had years in network marketing, but then this kind of, era of my coaching business has been the last three years yeah
0: yeah and in that I'm curious like have you had moments or seasons of being burnt out in finding this balance between masculine and feminine because like when I see you Mm. now I'm like she radiates this divine feminine embodiment right within business and I know that you've built a super successful business doing so with that balance was there a time when you experienced business from more of a masculine standpoint of just doing things structure to-do lists perfectionism in lots of ways and you neglected your feminine like have you
1: experienced the, polar- the polarity of that yeah totally mm-hmm. I one thing especially when he said perfectionism then mm. back in the beginning of 2020 was really when I started this kind of iteration of, of my business and coaching, because before that I was in a network marketing business for four years, maybe. And at the end of 2019, I decided to just like fully cut ties with that. Um, and Jacob and I, so my husband, Jacob, and I started doing like IGTVs on relationships and we're just like, yeah, creating lots of content around that as before reels. Um, and they were, they were getting a lot of momentum. So we started, we then did like a free three-day uh, event and then a course that came on after that too. So we were creating a lot of content together then. And I was such a perfectionist. Like I would, we would film IGTVs and they would maybe be like five to 10-minute videos. And if we, if I didn't like one thing I said, I'd be like, let's start all over again, even if we were mm. seven fucking minutes in. <laughs> and I was so like grippy in terms of, so controlling in how I wanted to be perceived and how I wanted the end product to be. And even with, and that drove him crazy because when you're working alongside someone, um, that was, re- that yeah. was really intense where now I look at the way that um, even when we used to be on some calls together, like I would, I would like grab his leg when I'm like, kind of as a way of like, you're talking too much. or like, let me have a go. Or like, no, don't say that. And These days, like, you know, in the last two years, we don't, we're doing more work together now. Like we have a podcast and things, but Mm. I would never like, I'm so relaxed and open now. And in, there's like such a depth of trust now that I have in myself and my leadership and in my work. And then obviously when I work with Jacob, like such a depth of trust in his leadership and what he wants to come bring through. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, definitely in those early stages of this kind of iteration of my business, it was... Yeah, it was very, there was like a real grip to it, which wasn't fun.
0: Yeah, it's not fun. It's like stressful (laughs) as fuck, right? Literally all it does is just create stress within yourself. It's like, what's the fucking point if we're not having fun and it's not filled with pleasure? Totally. And I still, I wanted to mm -hmm. speak
1: to that I still have that perfectionist in me, Mm -hmm. you know, and now it's really about like how do I meet her when she arises? Like sometimes I'll put I'll do a reel and I'll see myself like filming a reel a few times to get it right. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like just, just the next one is the one that's going up. Like it doesn't have to be fucking perfect. Mm -hmm. Don't sit here for like two hours trying to do the thing. So these days I kind of catch myself in that perfectionist and I'm able to be like, oh, I see the part of you that thinks that it's going to be so fucking perfect to serve the world, but no, Mm -hmm. that's not true. Like get the thing out.
0: And I think it's an achievable expectation to think that you can get rid of those like parts of yourself, right? like your shadow self like you can't possibly totally like because that is your shadow, right but every every time you stand in the light, you're gonna have a shadow. like you can't possibly get rid of your shadow. she's always fucking there. So I love that mm-hmm. you said that like making that point of you can't be per- and you can't be perfect at being imperfect either like as someone who's like deeply in this like fuck perfect sort of you know place and way of living and, and passionate about mm. to about it to other people I'm like you're, you're you're probably gonna have that perfectionist try and be perfect at being imperfect <laughs> and you have to notice that. and totally. be like hold up bitch like no honey we we don't have to be the best at this we don't have to be perfect at this mm. but I think it's really a silent killer perfectionism personally like mm-hmm in business in relationships in friendships in social media in self-expression like when i think about essentially this conversation of like owning your full spectrum you know feminine and expressing Mm. yourself and taking up space i personally think that so much of why women don't do that is because of perfectionism is like Mm -hmm. it it is the cage essentially and it really takes you from your body to your mind doesn't it like it really Mm -hmm. severs you from actually being within your body instead Mm -hmm. just living from this mind space of what are they thinking how are they perceiving me and I really love what you said then about trying to control so much of it of like what are they you know what they're perceiving you as and even like how the universe is working right and I think that conversation is really important of Mm. releasing control over life and not Mm. manifesting from a place of I'm going to control everything and get what Mm. I want and make all the money that I want and get the love that I want, but instead learning how to kind of dance with life instead because you said that you you did use to control quite a bit what mm-hmm. has shifted the most within you to release that grippiness
1: oh I really like that question Probably just that I the feeling of gripping is exhausting the feeling of trying to control everything especially when you run a business. Like there is a lot. If you are meeting your business from this place of I need to control everything, there is a fuck ton of things to control Mm. and micromanage. If you've got clients, it's like I've got to control their experience of me. Are they okay? Oh my gosh, I'm always thinking of them and they haven't messaged me. Are they okay? Did they like me? Did they like that call? All the things. And then it's social Mm. media. And then it's, you know, all of it, all of it, all of it. And so I think for me, I just got to a place where it's like, this isn't sustainable. This doesn't feel good. Something's got to shift. Yeah. And there was, for me, it, it has been this, this practice of like this depth of trust. Like how much can I trust myself? But also how much can I trust God? Like how much can I trust life? How much can I trust that? You know, and I, I like that you've You were talking about manifesting that because when I spoke about kind of being in that love and light early stages of my uh, spiritual journey, I was really into Abraham Hicks. Have Mm -hmm. you heard of Abraham Hicks? Yeah. So So very much like get in the vortex, think good thoughts. That's that's the way you get what you want. So it was Mm -hmm. very much, oh, I've got to be a certain way to get what I want. And I've almost like life has to feel me thinking happy thoughts and being really happy even if I'm just faking it. (laughs) Don't feel anything. Yeah, like just pretend it's all good so that I can get what I want. And (sighs) for me now the way that I live is like actually God, life, whatever you want to call that force, just wants me to fucking meet whatever is here for me to meet fully and completely, and that is the doorway to what I desire. So if that's fully and completely meeting my grief that's coming up, if that's fully and completely meeting, you know, anger, whatever it might be, can I fully and completely meet that? And trusting that that's the way to what I want, not trying to control or not trying to force or not trying to, you know, love and light my way to to manifesting the thing. So. I think this which again is like the the tantric path so I so I think a lot of my trainings and and work in that has really just informed this yeah this depth of trust that I now bring through in in my business and life and that's such a somatic experience as well right? oh my gosh totally it's one
0: thing to say I trust I trust yeah. it's
1: another thing to take your body to
0: that place for sure yeah. and there's I, I don't think I mean in my experience as well like again, just making that decision mentally doesn't mean that straight away you're just going to trust. It's like, again, it's such a dance where it's like, oh, I, I can feel this part of me that's like trying to grip and trying to cling and trying to control, recognizing it, and then being like, how can I drop into trusting or how can I just like mm. surrender into this experience? But like I, I just really want to voice that to, to the women listening of like don't expect yourself to be like, okay, just because I've decided it in my mind means that I'm going to nail it overnight and feel it and like live it and and sort of experience it straight away um but it is it's somatic right and like somatic healing Mm -hmm. for me like when I first learned about like what even the fuck somatic work is like that for me was the portal into my feminine where I was like Mm. there's like a whole nother world out here that I Mm. did not know even fucking existed Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. and what you were saying earlier about you know reclaiming your sexuality as well like you can't Mm. talk about that you can't talk about
1: pleasure without talking
0: about the body Mm -hmm.
1: yeah exactly where do we experience pleasure it's yeah it is Mm. it is in the body yeah
0: Mm. yeah what are your top three I guess like go-to pieces of advice or suggestions for women who are feeling honestly uncomfortable or disconnected from their body but they're wanting Mm. to deepen in that connection Mm.
1: I am always such an advocate for starting things so slow. And, you know, some of the work that I teach is very much around sexuality and self-pleasure. And even in one of the the courses I teach, The Pleasure Evolution. So it's about, you know, expanding into deeper levels of orgasm and, you know, reaching different Mm -hmm. levels of pleasure. But we literally begin by tuning into the felt sense of the body. So not even touching ourselves, but getting really clear on what does it mean to connect with our body from this place of sensation? So what sensations are you feeling in the body? Where are you feeling them? Because like you said, it's like pleasure doesn't happen in the mind. The mind can have parts, you know, we can fantasize, we can do different things that can support pleasure, but pleasure is a a sensation experience, a somatic experience. So first thing would be to Begin to ask yourself the question, and we call this attuning to the felt sense, but begin to ask yourself the question, what am I feeling and where am I feeling it? And you can do this while you're meditating. You can do this while you're making your morning smoothie. You can do this while you're driving to work, but really getting to know your body as sensation. So what am I feeling? Not I'm feeling anxious, but, oh, I'm feeling this, this buzzing in my solar plexus. What am I feeling buzzing? Where am I feeling at my solar plexus? What am I feeling? Oh, there's like this heaviness over my heart. It's like this contraction. It's like, it feels like a, a brick wall over my heart. You know, where am I feeling at my heart space?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that would be, for me, that's like the one of the simplest tools, really beginning to connect with the felt sense, which brings more sensitivity to our body, which then opens the doorway to us, You know, being able to then connect with our sensations in a fight with our partner. You know, they might be like, what's going on? Your clothes, what's happening? And usually if we're not in our body, we're just going to be in the story of what's happened. Where if we're more rooted in our body, we can say, oh, yeah, there's like, there's this hardness over my heart or this heaviness in my heart. You know, we can start to actually relate to what's alive and move through that instead of just looping in story right? Mm-hmm. It's the same in our business. When we're contracted, we can start to relate to our body via sensation instead of just looping in story. And then obviously during sex and pleasure, mm-hmm. when we're more attuned to our sensations, we therefore have more access to pleasure or, or more access to our orgasmic potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And,
0: and not make it wrong. What you feel too? It's like, oh my gosh, awareness, such a huge part of it, but not mm-hmm. wrongness. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah can we talk about sex now let's change gears a little bit of
1: course i love my favorite topic Uh,
0: yeah (laughs) i love that (laughs) you said like gave giving that context of like you weren't the sexually active proud embodied you know girl to start with like you you developed Mm -hmm. that you stepped into that role into that more you just remembered that part of you there's a Mm -hmm. lot of shame that comes with that right like Mm. if if, if I think about my own experience the women that I connect with shame is probably the biggest block in my opinion that I've seen and witnessed that really stops stops you from owning your sexuality Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so much of that comes back to literally being a little girl and the conversations that were had around sex and the little bits and pieces that you took on like it's such a deconditioning process right like from the body uh-huh. up such a deconditioning what mm-hmm. um what were some of the main shifts that you experienced or that you guide clients through to release the shame and just own what's what's here what's alive
1: sexually yeah yeah shame i don't think any woman is immune to feeling mm. shame like in, in the culture that we live in, anywhere around the world, I think there is just still such a conditioning of a woman to feel ashamed of of her sexuality, of her, her wild, even her sexual anatomy. Like yeah. one of my favourite books of all time is the book called Pussy by Mama Gina.
0: <laughs> and
1: one of the main things, she starts the book saying that she does all of these workshops around pussy and sexuality all around the world. And she'll always ask the question, like, what did you call your vagina and, and vulva growing up? And people had a lot of the time, it's not the anatomically correct name. And a, a lot of people didn't even have a name for that part of their body. They would just call like it's your private part or it didn't, it was, it was nameless. And yeah, whatever is called a private part or is nameless, obviously we're going to have shame around there because whatever is not spoken about is usually this breeding ground for shame. So yeah, this is one of the main pieces that, uh, like I said before, I feel this is our sexuality is it's a reclamation. So it's not as if we have to get things from outside of ourselves to become sexually liberated. We simply have to awaken that energy within us and, a big part of being able to uncage and awaken our sexuality and that that primal sexual life force energy is meeting whatever is on top of that, which a lot of the time is shame. And the way that I really meet that with my clients is is through the body. So, whether that be in you know sometimes uh, if we're doing a self-pleasure practice, there would be like de-armoring, which is a really powerful practice. I do this in a lot of the, the sexuality courses that I run and full spectrum women, um, is a beautiful practice around internal massage of the vaginal walls, because a lot of the time our pussy and our vaginas are, are holding that shame. Like that shame doesn't just live in our heads. Like you said before, it's it's stored in our body. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: to be able to do a practice like dearmoring, which is literally like massaging the internal walls of our vagina, and then actually meeting what comes up, whether that's numbness, whether that's rage, whether that is the shame, like, can can we breathe into that? Can we move with that? Can we integrate that? The only way to liberate shame is to feel it, is Mm -hmm. to let it to to welcome it into the body, Mm -hmm. which is so fucking uncomfortable to be with the shame around sexuality. A lot of the time, like a lot of women, majority of women have inherited sexual trauma or lived experience trauma, sexual trauma, whether that, and that, you know, that can come on a big spectrum of whatever that looks like. Um, but it's, it is an uncomfortable, very big path to meet that shame and to meet the things that are sitting on top of that sexuality. Mm -hmm. But it is the only path.
0: Yeah.
1: It is the only path. And so
0: much is stored in our yonis as well that, like, I don't think enough women Mm -hmm. realise that. That was never a conversation that I'd ever heard of before, you know, finding myself in these sorts of rooms. But, like, our womb space, our yoni, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm it holds all of the imprints, right, of the times in the the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because, like, my experience going from having, honestly, shocking sex (laughs) for years and years before, (laughs) like, the worst, like, I don't want to be here, I'm just doing it because I feel like I should, like, I have to. Like, I never Mm -hmm. used to experience Mm -hmm. an inch of pleasure having sex, not even a little bit. Mm -hmm. and like compare that to now with my partner it's like I didn't I would never have even known that it was possible to experience what I experience now from you know my own journey there with with my feminine with with pleasure but a massive part of that for me was actually being brave enough to feel a lot of what I'd numbed to in past you know relations Mm -hmm. and past sexual encounters Mm -hmm where I used to be very disconnected from my body where I wasn't there. So I didn't feel the shame. I didn't feel the sadness of being mistreated or being violated. It was just like, there was just nothing there. But when I opened that doorway of being like, all right, I'm welcoming in sensation. Cool. I'm welcoming pleasure. I had to then experience the, the, the grossness and the pain and the shame and the the mm-hmm. feelings of inadequacy as well of like being mistreated mm-hmm. essentially by men in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of women on the outs, on the outside might want to shy away from that because it's like that's uncomfortable. But I just want to speak on that for a moment and say like that for me was the like one of the, the key pieces of liberating my pleasure. Because it was, like, the release mm-hmm. that had to happen in order to make space, in order to make way for the pleasure and for the feeling good. And I did what you said of, like, a de practice. I actually remember, I don't think you even know mm. this, but the reason how you even came into my world is through Amy. Oh, tell Telly. me. Through her Pleasure empire. Okay. Like you were a guest on. You was in the middle of the night. I didn't turn up live because you were on like, I don't know, 2am or 3am or something. I was like, I'm not getting on live. So I watched the recording. <laughs> so you didn't, I didn't see you live, but that was when you first popped into my world when you uh, yeah. did a workshop on owning your sacred slot. I think is what it was called. Like dancing. Yeah, I think it would have been that. In the yeah, body. Yeah. It was like two years ago. It so was like a while ago and that was like for me oh my gosh start. I
1: love that so much yeah,
0: that was like the start of my sexual awakening and I remember like you're sitting in lingerie and I was like who is she like she's on a call in lingerie like she's just fucking going for it I love it she's just expressing herself yes. and just like so accepting and so open sexually yeah mm. <sighs> so oh my yes. gosh. I love, I love it. That's
1: <laughs> our origin story. I didn't know that. Yeah,
0: I know. I was like, I don't think I've even been told her this. That was how you first popped up and yeah. then business came into it. Um, yeah. But yeah, your ability to like feel pleasure sexually links into ability mm. to feel pleasure in all of the other ways. Right. Um,
1: I really, that, I just want to speak mm-hmm. to what you, you just spoke that so beautifully that like, yeah, that, you know, the, our, our body often, and this is what you just spoke to, like our body will often numb out as a protective mechanism. And that whether it's just, and again, there's different degrees of this. Sometimes it's numbness in the vaginal canal and women are like, I don't know why I can't feel pleasure, you know, internally and all these things. And Mm -hmm. again, I feel like it's a majority of the time, our pussy's protective mechanism. Cause it's like, woman, you have allowed people inside of, inside of me before I was ever ready. Right. Yeah. That it's almost our pussy being like, don't like, there's not a level of respect here. yes. And I think this is one of the biggest pieces as women that we can begin to practice. And this, I'm sure this is a part of your journey as well. It's like, Holding this boundary of, I am not letting anyone inside of me that a I don't like that doesn't respect me. But I'm also not letting anyone or anything inside of me before I'm ready. Like my yeah. pussy needs to be ready for mm-hmm. someone to to enter me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that just that piece around like opening. If you want to open the doorway to more pleasure, you're also saying yes to really feeling whatever is sitting on top of that, that, that pleasure current and that, Mm. that pleasure in your body. So yeah, it's, it's a fucking courageous journey, right? Yeah. Massively. And so much of
0: that for me is like honoring your yes and honoring your no. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And I mean, so many of the women that I work with and my own journey, it's, it's like this people pleasing that can come out where it's like, you feel there's this massive throat chakra block around like not being able to actually express what you don't want and what's not okay and like being up not being able to remove yourself like I used to like just like go with the flow but in a way that was like I don't want to be here but like this complete just literal dissociation of I don't know how to say no I don't know how to remove myself and it alarms me how many women experience that as well. Like I thought that was normal. I thought it was mm-hmm. normal to not orgasm with a man. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. just did not experience it. It was like they're not capable of giving me that level of of pleasure. And again, yeah. so much of that though was like actually healing my relationship with men and with the masculine, like emotionally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. just like played out into that. Um but totally so many pieces it, to that yeah it's it's really amazing what can come from just taking one step at a time like really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's can be overwhelming sometimes of like oh I need to go and you know de I need to like get a yoni egg I need to start self-pleasuring I need to like start dancing and feeling and it's like yeah sure but like just take one step at a time like there isn't there isn't this big expectation or rush or pressure yes. or a need for to overwhelm
1: yourself and I would say if the first step, like if someone was taking one step at a time, it would be to begin building that trust with their, their pussy, their yoni, whatever you want to call that space between your legs again, and not allowing anyone or anything to yeah. enter you until you're ready. And mm-hmm. this, this fucking blew my mind. Cause I was the same. I, and actually one of the things, cause I just used to get super drunk and have one night stands or that's when I would sleep with people. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember the kind of sex I used to have in my late teens, early twenties. Like, and I very much doubt that I was having good sex, right? I very much doubt that I was even thinking of my own pleasure. For me, it was like sex back then was a a currency exchange. Mm -hmm. It was like, I want love and validation. Mm -hmm. You want my body? I want, I want to feel loved and chosen. So, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'll give you my body and I'll get that kind of hit of Oh, you've chosen me for the night, mm. and I now—I ne- literally, it was never me choosing to have sex from this place of ah, I'm going to yeah. have a pleasurable experience. I'm actually horny. So, <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally, and so yeah, I think there is such a yeah. The first step for many women is, or what I was going to say before is that for men, like our so much of our understanding of sexuality is based on male sexual anatomy and men can get turned on very quickly. They can get hard very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Their sexual experience is very like linear and, and, and can be very quick. Not always. They can expand it out, but that's that's that usual kind of trajectory. Whereas women, we can take up to 40 minutes to be ready to be penetrated and to be ready to be entered. And a lot of women don't know this, so they think they're broken when they're not, you know, wet or when they're not feeling ready or when they're having bad sex or when they're not orgasming. orgasming. But a lot of the time it's just simply because they're using this map of their own pleasure based on a Mm -hmm. man's pleasure. And even if we look at movies and I get so like rage (laughs) fills my body when I'm like, even like I was saying this on with someone last week that I love the show Outlander. But mm-hmm. I don't like the sex scenes because they have sex within like ninety seconds, right away, and yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like that isn't a good representation no. of female sexuality and female. We don't time. do that. <laughs> I am. Um, so I does, love yeah, yeah. You go. I was just going to say, that's something that I really am so passionate about having women understand that they're not, you're not broken, like no. begin to really honor that foreplay. And if you are in a partnership or even with lovers, like, and I know this can be so challenging for women, but this gets to be the place you practice using your voice yeah. and taking up space is really asking and claiming that, that foreplay time and your, your need to be turned on and your need to, mm. uh be taken time with. So fucking important. And so much of it starts with yourself too.
0: Like to add my two Mm -hmm. cents in it would be like, just focus on your time with you and that like sacred zone of how you touch your body, how you feel in your body, the pleasure that you experience within your body. Cause like that's my experience like that I would not have the. I honestly believe I would not have the relationship that I do in the sex life that I do if I didn't prioritize my self-pleasure for a solid I don't know year at least when I was single like totally and you can still do that in a relationship but it's like how could you possibly share that with someone else or experience that with someone else if you have no sense of like the map within your own being like it doesn't make sense when you think about it like self-pleasure is like essential and even just like not just self-pleasure in terms of like masturbating, but like dancing, like you know, connecting mm-hmm. with your body. Like dance is mm-hmm. such a fucking incredible portal to feeling good, to pleasure, to feeling all of it, or not just feeling good within yourself. Um one thing that I was gonna say before was this like I love the analogy for what you just said there about how like women take so much longer to just to be ready yeah. is of like the oven versus the stove where like you can turn a stove on straight away and it's hot which is like a man but like an oven takes time to heat up yeah like, I've, that's I've never
1: heard of that in all. Oh, I really fucking
0: love that yeah I'm surprised you haven't that's it's like brilliant I love it it's, and I think it just makes sense it's like yeah I'm an oven <laughs> you can't cook, yeah. you can't put it
1: in straight away Totally, And to I
0: think pre-heats. to be
1: like, I'm an oven instead of I'm broken because I'm not yeah. a stove and I should be like a stove and I should be like a stove. Yeah. And I see this in so many women feeling, or even not that there is anything wrong with using lube in the bedroom. I'm like, I'm for that. That's beautiful. But mm. I think a lot of the time women are using other things yeah, instead of actually taking the path Band-aiding to take time and- with themselves. And yeah. And like you said, for, for me as well, the The reason I have an incredible sex life now has been my choice to explore my own body and map my own pleasure and understand my own sexual anatomy and where where feels good and what feels amazing and how my pleasure builds and then to be able to have a voice in my partnership. Mm -hmm. I think such a thing I used to do in partnership as well and what I see so many women do is like this outsourcing of their pleasure to their partner and kind of being like, kind of playing with that narrative, that old narrative of it's a ma- a man wants sex more than yeah. a woman. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, if you want me, like you turn me on and you touch the, and you should know how to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where there is such a fucking power in being able to like awaken and and turn out, uh, turn ourselves on and really like really claim that for ourselves. Mm-hmm.
0: And and um, but so much of that is how comfortable and confident you feel within your own body because if not mm-hmm. it's like let's say you're having sex but then you're just spending that time thinking about like what does my stomach look like like are all my ro- mm-hmm. roles on show and like do i have a hairy asshole like whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> <So> you're like <laughs> what does it look like and you're in your head thinking about <laughs> what it looks like instead of actually being able to just be like i don't fucking care like i'm just here to feel it and to feel good and to experience it
1: totally. massively
0: i am um, mm-hmm. And just like I'm really just sharing very honestly and I'm enjoying it. I don't really give a fuck. But I yeah, used bro, to think I, I used to think I was broken then. Like I genuinely did think like I would Google things and be like <laughs> and I remember thinking those thoughts of like there's something wrong with me, and something wrong with my vagina. I felt like yeah. I was broken because like I would not get wet, I would not feel horny, I would not orgasm for mm-hmm. years like that was the beginning until like for several years actually and now it's like literally the polar opposite of that come just from this work like le- let me just mm-hmm. be a <laughs> testimonial to like how much this work <laughs> really really fucking works like, yes. massively massively uh-huh. mm-hmm. I feel like I love
1: that story <laughs>
0: I'd love to um before we finish because I know we're like sort of getting ready to wrap up, but I do want to speak about something that I don't think is talked about enough, and I feel like we're just like sitting here having a little a little bevy, just like talking
1: about. I know sex. I I love that <laughs> I I love that about my work too. Whenever I jump on a yeah. podcast, it's like yeah, let's talk about sex. Let's yeah, about-
0: <laughs> so let's, we're just like around having cocktails or cacao or something with friends. Um, let's talk about squatting because not enough women I think know how to skirt or have that capacity or even feel comfortable talking about it and I'm just like mm. loving up for myself that I'm talking about this on here as well because <laughs> like sex is yes. a massive thing that I talk about on my show but I'm like I, I it's, it's liberating for me to actually you know have that conversation mm. what is yeah I just I'd love to hear thoughts on like tapping into and like opening up (laughs) like quite literally (laughs) the ability to squirt?
1: I love this question. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a huge squirter. Mm -hmm. So I love, so for anyone that doesn't know, squirting is, you know, like a female ejaculate and it happens when we stimulate the G spot or which really isn't a spot. It's like a region, which if you were to place your fingers, inside your vaginal canal and and kind of press upwards on the the roof of your vaginal canal this would be like the region that kind of uh goes up and back along that area and there's a there's a part at the beginning of the g-spot that almost feels like a like a walnut or like a nectarine um seed you know that kind of like yeah yeah so that that's the that's the kind of region that you can stimulate and stimulating it in a particular way can create female ejaculate um which i've experienced a handful of times and i feel i feel like it's again i i think it's I, i've had fun experiencing that and playing with that and i love g spot stimulation as well um there's a tool that Yoni only pleasure palace do that's called mm uh what is it the the sacred squirter which i love using and i get <laughs> I a lot have of that. <laughs> it's i love receiving i love getting pleasure from that it's it's an incredible tool um but i feel like squirting as well is something that i'm a I'm a big I'm a big advocate for kind of like releasing the goal during sex. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes and this is such a huge part of when I teach anything around sexuality especially in my self-pleasure course um that like noticing the part of a woman that then wants to go. Oh my god, there's all these different ways I can orgasm now. And like, now I want an anal orgasm. Now I want a cervical orgasm. Now I want to squirt. And then it almost becomes the added pressure on on them mm-hmm. to experience something. And and obviously, when we force our body or we're putting that pressure on our body, sometimes that locks it down. So, mm-hmm. um, I can see that happening sometimes with squirting because it's such a conversation now. Mm-hmm. Um. But also it's, it's, it's such a, yeah, totally. But also it's, it can be such a beautiful experience. And I know many, I know many of my friends are like huge squirters, like we'll squirt mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. like, you know, during penetrative sex and, um, you know, without that like very deep kind of like conscious, okay, this is where we're going. Um, yeah. But for me, that, that hasn't been my experience. So I also think again, like kind of any kind of different orgasms or. Yeah, our, our our anatomy is sometimes so different, and to yeah, yeah, to, to play with that and honor that is is really beautiful as well.
0: That's interesting. Thank you for your response on that. I like to to hear just like just to talk about it. For one, like I really mm-hmm. just don't see that there's enough of that normalizing, especially the conversation of sweating. Like I just feel like it, it's something in the circles that I've been in at least. Like it's it, it can be shied away from a little bit. Mm. one of the biggest things is hydration though just like one little side note in that is like I'm an extremely hydrated person like my water bottle my emotional support water bottle comes with me everywhere and I've actually realized that is what helps make my sex a lot better is hydration
1: (laughs) that's so funny because Jacob and I were literally having this conversation the other day because I'm I'm very vata if like in in my dosha so I'm very dry Mm -hmm. I have quite dry skin I don't sweat a lot and I'm just not a very like fluidy person. And we were literally cause because we do love, I I use the sacred squatter a lot. We I have G spot orgasms. So from mm-hmm. like touching that that part of me. Um but I'm not a big squatter. So, and we were having this conversation. I was literally like, and then I have a friend who's quite a sweaty person and she's very like more, has a lot of fluid in her body. So, mm-hmm. um, and she squats a lot and we were, I was, I was sharing that. I was like, ah, I think it's, I think part of it is also, yeah. Around our yeah, fluid, and, Yeah. Yeah. That's a good so, point. I hadn't thought about it like that, but that's very true. I'm going to hydrate up next time yeah. I'm using the sacred
0: squirter. <laughs> literally. <laughs> I don't know how and much up. I drink, but it's a fucking lot. I would drink, like, probably
1: five liters of water easily a day. I love that.
0: Yes. Mm. Are you
1: are you a squirter? Have you had experiences?
0: Oh, yeah, massively. Like, I
1: it's like a button.
0: That. It's literally, like,
1: <laughs> just press up. <laughs> like, it in loves. a way that
0: is so different than what it used to be like Mm -hmm. I can squirt from like clitoral stimulation in like five seconds That's fucking cool. Which is wild to me still sometimes Mm -hmm. where I'm like, is that, it's so easy. When Mm -hmm. it used to be so hard, it was like there was no button. It was like you'd have to like find, get this map out and like try and like read the clues and like understand the key to like try and find the button. And now it's like, it's just right. You just press it. It's just that. (laughs) It's like fucking cool.
1: (laughs) That is so amazing. And I think this is also such a beautiful like moment or reminder. It's like our even though I, I truly believe every woman has the potential to have all of these different orgasmic experiences, that every woman's body is so different. Yeah. And to not compare, even as you're on the journey of expanding into deeper levels of pleasure, that, mm. yeah, to, to continue to come home and be like, oh, my body and my sexuality is unique to me and what I yeah. get to experience is unique to me. and hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Massively. Yeah. And um, the final thing... That. <laughs> the final thing i'd say on that would be um the only pleasure palace because you did say that they have yeah. amazing amazing tools and like their square blanket i honestly don't think that it would be a squatter if it wasn't for that square blanket
1: okay it's just like, of having the square it's a safety
0: yeah literally yeah. otherwise i'm like no i'm not yeah. cleaning up a mess it's not happening like <laughs> if there's no blanket because it's waterproof like it's so yes. so clever so mm-hmm. yeah i, would I also just love them. those
1: blankets even i'm not a big squatter so but I yeah. love these like blankets yeah. just on the bed and yeah. sort like massage True. and like oils yeah, yeah, yeah. and like it's just so nice to be like okay we can fuck on this and nothing you know yeah so don't have to worry about yeah, they are they are great they are really I love incredible. them
0: yeah we'll just um give them a little free shout
1: out <laughs> shout out <laughs> you're
0: welcome <laughs> <laughs> all right my love well, well start to wrap up because we've been here for a little while what would you like to finish with from your heart and if there's any piece of advice anything that feels hot or alive inside of you that you want to leave with the listeners
1: oh
0: she's just moving her hips like (laughs) what is it
1: (laughs) Um, I think this gets to this is almost like the undercurrent of our entire conversation but yeah I think none of Or the one of the most integral things that we can practice and be rooted in as we're leaning into our sexuality, as we're exploring our pleasure, as we're in business, as we're becoming more full spectrum in our emotions is this like tool of radical acceptance. And you spoke to it briefly during our conversation of, of really like being accepting and welcoming what whatever is unfolding in the moment. And that might be, you know, an an emotion that we would usually kind of push down or avoid. It's like, can you welcome that? Can I just radically Mm -hmm. accept that there is anger here in my body? This is another really important one when we are self-pleasuring or when we're in a partnered sexual experience, because let's be real. Sex and self-pleasure isn't always pleasure. Sometimes it's messy and chaotic and sometimes, oh, actually I want to cry or I'm suddenly mm. angry at my partner. I'm feeling this resentment about the thing, you know, how he didn't hold me or support me yesterday. And that's suddenly coming out in the sexual experience. Uh, so it's it's really about, can you be a woman that really radically accepts what is alive, no matter how inconvenient it is in the moment. And can you be a woman that says yes to that and, and really welcomes that? Mm, powerful. Yeah. It's not always convenient.
0: But <laughs> no. Fucking worth it. Usually it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like such a big, like giving yourself permission when like other people won't always, like they may judge it and perceive it and project mm-hmm. it as inconvenient, but you have to have your own back and be like, I get to fucking feel this. Like, yeah, this is my right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you Thank for, you for having me sharing and just being you. I adore you. I love you. You know that. Mm. Where can the listeners follow you on your journey
1: and also your podcast for Jacob as well? Yes. So, best place to follow me is Instagram. So, I'm at the.meg.o. And then my husband and I have a podcast, which is really fun. So, it's called Sex, Love, and Everything in Between. So, it's available wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. We have very real and unfiltered chats about our sex life and the way we navigate our relationship. And it's it's really fucking juicy. So I'd say Instagram and then head over to the podcast if you if you want to learn more about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And definitely about definitely do. Couldn't could not suggest it enough. And if you're in business as well, want to go down that more of that. Mega make us so much content and wisdom and amazing containers as well within that too so definitely could not recommend everyone. working with you more than enough all right thank you I so love much you. thank I love you, you too bye, bye. bye.